Today's guest is Aaron Larson, the founder of GrandparentsAcademy.com, the world's first and only online academy dedicated exclusively to helping grandparents grow meaningful relationships and bridge legacies with their loved ones from any distance. Aaron created GrandparentsAcademy.com in 2011 while living with his granny grit. Its resources, which include ebooks, guides, videos, and social posts, have reached millions of grandparents. Thousands have enrolled as students from all over the globe. His fun and positive social media posts, tailored for grandparents, are proven to connect families virtually. A few have been shared more than 100,000 times. Aaron recently launched the first ever Grandparents Week, a full week celebrating and equipping grandparents with insights shared from world-class thought leaders on the subject of grandparenting. He's also a master gardener, a parent of young children, and creator of the Legacy Gardening Program, which helps families internationally cultivate value-focused legacies in the lives of their loved ones. Erin, I am so glad that you're with us today on the podcast. I learned about you a month or two prior to Grandparents Week, and I was so impressed with what you've done. Give us some insight as to when you started this, why you started it, and some of the challenges that you faced. So I've been at this for a while serving grandparents. I think there are more and more people who maybe have been serving for a while or just getting into it, but everyone wants to see that grandparent and grandchild relationship grow and, and thrive. And we're seeing more people paying attention, I think, and jumping into this space. You know, I started it in 2011, but, you know, just getting started out of college and uh, trying, trying to find my way in an economy that was still recovering, I absolutely did not have the finances or the time to really give it my full effort. And so it's really been a passion project for the last, I guess we're coming on 12 years now, where it's when I have time and I'm able to uh, add new content or update guides it's really been social media where I, on Facebook mostly where I've been able to see the best results and just creating posts that bring a smile to grandparents' face. Not only their, their grandparents, but to use social media and create posts that have utility, that, that add value and actually connect families digitally. That's been my focus. And, and I've seen those really just take off. And, and so I understand like you just you just keep adding to it, you know, you keep planting the seeds and, and then one day you look back at it and you're like, wow, look at this, look, look at these seeds sprouting up. This is just beautiful. And it's, it's so encouraging. Tell me about your grandmother. I've been blessed with many grandparents, a whole handful that have invested in, in my life. And they each taught me something unique. My granny grit is the person who she let me stay at her, in her house for several years after college when I was figuring things out, but I was also helping to care for my grandpa who had a stroke. And so I, I got that experience of seeing someone who I loved and admired in their last year of life and realizing, I think, at an early age that life can be very short. And it's so important for us to use the gifts and, and talents that we've been blessed with, the, the calling that we have, and go after it and, and try to help other people. And so when he passed, uh, that was really an inspiration 
for Grandparents Academy, I started to thinking about uh, the ways that he and Grand, Granny Grid and, and other grandparents have just poured into my life. And I thought, if if there are other grandparents out there who could have this sort of relationship like I have with my grandparents, I know they can have it. And it's there's no words to describe it. It's just it's invaluable. And I think that relationship can be unique for every grandparent and their grandchildren individually. And it's worth investing in. Can you tell me some stories about your grandparents? Yeah, I would love to. Probably my favorite story, or one of my favorites, was with my my Grandpa Grit, who, uh, Grandpa Grit worked in a lumber mill for many, many, many years. And then when he finally retired, um, it didn't take long, and he suffered from this stroke. And that's why I went to go and, and live with him to, uh, you know, figure, trying to find my way. Grandpa Grit loved to play bass in a country band. So he was out uh, going to the Eagles Club and the Elks Club, and he would he would be out there on stage playing. And occasionally I'd, I'd be able to watch him just for a little bit because oftentimes, you know, they, they were in bars or places that where minors weren't permitted. But Grandpa taught me how to tune my guitar. And when he suffered the stroke, he lost the ability to use half of his body and, and also his voice. He had aphasia. When I was living with him and still you know, trying to find my own courage and, and self-esteem again, uh, I would go downstairs and I would play guitar just to try to learn guitar. I, I love to sing, but I was trying to learn guitar and, and also sing together. And, and I just couldn't do it in front of Grandpa because at that time in my life, I felt like uh, if grandpa would have given me some sort of look or raise an eyebrow, even though it was illogical and, and he would uh, he would ne- never do anything to hurt my feelings intentionally, I, I feel like it would have crushed me. And so I would kind of sneak downstairs when, when he would be in the living room uh, in an armchair watching TV. And then I'd go back up and I'd go back to the spare bedroom. Well, one day grandpa caught on and, and he uh, he waited for me. And when I came back up the stairs, I just kind of crept up the stairs and I looked over and his eyes just locked right in with mine. And uh, I said, you know, Grandpa, now what is it? Can, can I help you with something? And, and he just he looked at the bookshelf and, and he pointed with his good arm towards the bookshelf. And so I went over there and I see all these books. There's uh, horse equestrian books, gardening books, knitting, all these books that are that are Granny Grit's books. And then, but there's one book that's grandpa's and it was his old raggedy uh, three ring music notebook. And so I figured that was it. And, and uh, I asked grandpa, he nodded and then he patted his armchair to have me come over and sit with him. So I brought the music notebook over to him and we sat there together and he opened it up with, with his hand and we started to hum the first song, which was Big Bad Leora Brown. And then he'd look up at me and then he started to hum in again. And then he looked back up at me and I figured out what he was doing. Uh, And so I started to sing and we went through that whole notebook together. It took us an hour and a half sitting there singing these songs. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those special moments you never forget. I went back to my bedroom that night. I just, I just thank God for this blessing uh, that, that I got to experience in, in the way that, Grandpa, who someone who had lost his voice, was intentionally trying to help me rediscover mine. 
and encourage me to use that voice. After Grandpa passed, I decided that uh, I would put myself out there and and use one of the gifts I think uh, that I've been given, which is singing and something I very much enjoy. And so I found an ad on Craigslist to audition as a lead singer for this classic rock and roll band called Flashback. And so I went over to the auditions and I brought my guitar and, and I played them a song that I had written uh, myself about grandpa after he had passed. And there wasn't a dry eye in the room. And later that night, I got a call back from Steve, the drummer. And he says, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you in the band. We'd love for you to be our lead singer. Practice is Monday. Come on over. And, and I said, oh, yeah, great. Well, I, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And then he said, but you can leave your guitar at home. And I thought, well, guitar <laughs> playing didn't do all that well. But, you know, so I got to sing with the band. I, I got to um, be uh, kind of the lead singer. They gave me a cowbell every once in a while and, and a tambourine. But I always, in every performance, I always carried my grandpa's uh, music stand with me, his old music stand that had his, has his name engraved in. I still have it today. It was always something I could look back down at when I was performing, and it would just give me that encouragement, whether there was, you know, two people in the crowd or or hundreds of people, you know, having fun. I could always look back down at that and, and I could still, you know, sense him there. Music is an universal language that just transcends everything. And I am especially grateful for all of the wonders that music can do for children. It's just a way to connect and it's a way to help improve children's learning and attention. And I just think we, music is just so wonderful for families and especially for children. Well, I got started uh, with music at an, as an, er, at an early age. I, I don't remember what first inspired me, but I do remember every once in a while I'd, I'd go to, when we'd visit my grandparents, this is Grandma Grace and Grandpa Grace, another set of grandparents who are pretty much personality-wise completely opposite of Granny Grit and Grandpa Grit. But they would take me to church with them, and uh, we'd go up into the choir loft, and we would sing together. And And I remember Grandpa had a piano and an organ at home, and he'd be playing songs. He taught me how to play my first song on the piano. And uh, I, I only know two songs on the piano, and that's one of them, The Harlem Goat. And I don't know if you've heard that, but it's, it's a really funny song about a goat on a railroad track, and he eats a shirt. And Oh, and he taught me to take me out of the ball game. So I, I know that one as well. I think at an early age, it was really Grandpa Grandpa, and Grandma Grace. They, they really poured into me. And then, of course, Grandpa Grit had his own music, too, that I loved. Uh, and then uh, a funny story, real, as an aside, my grandpa also, he, he was a beautiful, um, beautifully talented man. He, he was a, they referred to him as a gentleman barber with the soul of a poet. He, he cut hair for a living, but he was always, it was about his customers and his customers would do anything for him. He cut generations of hair, but he was just invested in every person that walked in the door. He just loved people and they loved him back. And uh, he also had this side of him that was just so, so creative. And uh, when it came to music, I remember a funny story my grandma told me that he directed the choir at, at one point. And uh, grandpa was in the Navy. And, and during that time at a young age, they had to pull all of his teeth. So as a, a dental technician, he made his own dentures when I think he was in his late 20s. And so he uh, 
was directing the choir one day and he was going up to hit this high note, which he could do as, as a just incredibly talented tenor singing along with the choir he was directing and his top dentures just started just kind of flew out of his mouth <laughs> kind of halfway. and you know mass is going on at that time so there you know people are trying not to you know make a big fuss out of it but uh, it was uh i could just imagine that moment and my grandpa just just a um uh, so polite but also humble but he was one of those people who no matter what good deed he did or uh it always went never went un, unpunished like he would he would always try to be the good Samaritan and do the right thing, but he'd always find himself in these these situations where it would tend to you know backfire uh, on him. But that's my grandpa Grace, just a, a lovely man, and he taught me a lot about music, a lot about faith, and and how to serve. It's so nice that you honor your grandparents. What actually made you decide to start this? So when my grandpa Grandpa Grit passed. I was thinking a lot about my life and I had this sort of reflective time where I was mourning and I was thinking a lot about uh, what can I do with the gifts that I have and the passion and blessing that, that I've received uh, just from my, in my life. And I just kept coming back to my grandparents and I kept thinking about uh, how much they had poured into me, all the experiences that we had, the unique bond that, had been developed with with each of them and i just kept thinking if, if i could combine my knowledge and skills of digital technology uh and and help grandparents use it in a way to grow meaningful relationships enrich legacies with their loved ones from any distance and really leverage this technology that there could be a lot of good done in the world and so it was very much just a way of me, uh, a way for me to serve grandparents, to develop some guides. I, I taught my grandma, Grace, who she's the first grandma I moved in with after college for a year. And I taught her how to use Facebook at that time. And this was back in 2000, uh, 2009, I think 2008, 2009. And I, I showed her um, how to use these, this, these tools. And the change was just incredible. Uh, just, just the excitement where no longer, you know, she wasn't sitting on a couch all day watching the news. Uh, it was, it became an opportunity for her to connect with her family who she loves dearly, uh, but also who live a very far away. She was now able to connect with them. And to this day, she's 94. Uh, she uses Facebook. She comments on, on my posts and other family members posts and it's such a joy just to see how she was able to really embrace technology uh, in a way where she can still be part of uh, our family's lives. And, and also our family uh, is able to just really enjoy her presence because she's just she's one of the most beautiful souls I know. She's my best friend. Oh, that's lovely. Another inspiration, thinking back on it. Back to Grandpa Grace. So Grandpa Grace, as I said, was was very creative. He was also an early adopter when it came to certain technology, and he loved photography. And when he was, uh, let's see, I was around. It was it was in two thousand one. So I was just in my teenage years, and he came down with um, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and it was 
it was tragic because with that disease, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but you basically lose the ability to use your muscles and your loved ones just kind of wither away in front of your eyes. It was, it was incredibly tragic and a tough time. But he chose during that time, even though he knew there was no cure for it, uh, that he was going to pass and we didn't know, you know how quickly it would progress, he decided that he was going to really intentionally use every last day, every last minute he could to really pour into his family. And so he took this digital camera, which, which were pretty new around that time. And then um, it was back in the days of Hotmail and, and some of these older uh, email service providers. He had a Hotmail account and he would take an inspirational photo every day of something uh, uh, something that just brought a smile to his face or something interesting. He'd make all sorts of creative photos and then he'd email it to us um, so that we could be with him, you know, digitally. And that has made a huge impression on my life. And I think about even today how technology has advanced and how much we really take it for granted. Uh, even those who, who are digital natives, especially those who are digital natives, I think uh, we... We aren't as intentional, I believe, with the way that we communicate with other people. And, and we don't realize uh, the potential uh, impact that we can have uh, for good in the lives of our loved ones. If we were to simply just think about what's our plan for communicating with this person and how might we, how might we really lift them up today? And what would that look like uh, if we were to do that on Facebook or we were to do that on Instagram or or YouTube? And so that has been really an inspiration uh, for Grandparents Academy and thinking about you know, how do we re reframe technology and, and how we use it, not just you know for connecting, but how, what, and what are the ways in which we connect and how can we do that intentionally towards the goal of actually cultivating relationships and in creating these legacies that are going to outlive us. I love the fact that your grandfather took those pictures because you now have this collection of art that has his love stamped all over it. I mean, what a legacy he gave you. And one of those things is amazing is uh, we think about even what's cool about technology now is video is so accessible to everybody. And we, we have it our phones, we, we, we can use it on our laptops, but we can record voices so easily. And I think that was one of the hardest things is, is for, for the generations who, you know, we think back and we, when you lose a loved one, um, I think one of the, the biggest things is you, you try to hang on to their voice. And I, I know with Grandpa Grace, that was the thing. Like when I would go to bed at night as a teenager through, through high school, I think that was one of the reasons I was able to uh, really achieve and 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 do well in school and, and my other activities is because I wanted to make grandpa proud and I would think about him um, at night and I would also replay his voice and and I could hear him and I still can because I continue to replay it in my mind I can hear him say I'm so proud of you Aaron and I can remember exactly how that sounds now we have technology that enables anyone to do that we could do it right now you know with our phones but are we doing that you know, are we really utilizing the technology so that we can continue to have that impact and help our, our loved ones thrive for generations, you know, after we're gone? So if you were talking to a grandparent now, 
what and, and they haven't started this, what would you tell them? How should they get started? Or what is something easy that they can do to connect? Yeah. First, first of all, I would tell them that your grandparents or as grandparents, your grandkids need you now more than ever before. Uh, that technology has never been as accessible as it is now. And there are really good people out there who can help you get started with, with these resources. Um, grandparentsacademy.com, of course, we have free resources, some how-to guides that give screenshots, actual images of, of you know, what to click where and how to get set up on these different accounts. Instagram and Facebook are my two most current ones, and I'll be doing a Pinterest guide here pretty soon as well. Um, but also, you know, talking to your family and letting them know that you're interested in this, that you would love to connect uh, and, and be more engaged uh, online and, and just eliminating any fear or, or limiting belief you might have about learning something new. Some of the most amazing people that I've met in my life are lifelong learners. They, they never stop learning. They're curious. They love life. And it doesn't matter how, you know, what, what their age is when they were born. Uh, they just keep learning. I, I think of 90-year-olds, 100-year-olds uh, that I know, they just have this zest for life. And, uh, and the reason is uh, they love learning and they're always learning something new. It never gets it never stale, right? And so I would say you can do this. There are resources out there. Grandparentsacademy.com is one of them, but there are obviously there are, there are others out there. And it's important that you do it. You actually just described me because I'm 69 years old and I started this podcast at 67 and people said, why are you doing that? <laughs> and I was like, because mm -hmm. I want to, I want to help other grandparents learn about connecting and learn about activities that they can do with their grandchildren that don't cost a lot of money. And mm -hmm. then becoming a marriage efficient, people are asking me like, why are you starting this business now? Well, and the major reason is so I can pay to publish that book. But the other thing is I have, once I get over this hurdle of launching this business, I have the time and it's a matter of helping people have fun and helping people mm -hmm. make memories. And if I can help a grandparent and a grandchild make memories, then I also want to help that newlywed couple have a wonderful memory about their their marriage and their and their wedding date and just try to spread joy there's so much sadness and hatred in this world and i'd much rather spread joy and optimism oh you're so right and and coming up like i said earlier i think before before this podcast uh started you know carolyn coming up on 100 episodes is amazing i don't know what number this one will be when you release it but I think that as incredible testament just to your t dedication and, and passion for this topic. And, and you're right. It's something that what you're creating is our digital assets that are going to outlive you, that, that are going to be utilized uh, by, by friends and family, those who subscribe to this podcast. And you can continue to make a difference, you know, for, for many, many years. And I think one of the things I learned early on, uh, so a quick story. So when I graduated in 2008 from college, I was, I was very much in this mode of achievement and I was very self-absorbed. And I believe 
you know, going up through school, we're taught, you know, get the best grades and, and be the best at this sport and be the best in the choir and be, you know, be the best at everything, uh, get the scholarships. And, and then after you go to college and you, you get all A's, then you're going to get this really high paying job right out of college and you're just on your way. So, you know, I, that's what I believed at that time. And that, that's what I was shooting for. That was my whole, um, I think that was everything I was aiming for at that time. That's what I was focused on. But what I learned after 2008, when the economy crashed and I graduated magna cum laude and magna cum jobless uh, and started living with my 80-year-old grandma, which was totally not what I had planned, uh, I learned that success does not equal significance, that that there's a difference between achievement uh, and living a life that that is really focused on what what really matters uh, in growing other people and helping to make an impact in their lives of being of service, uh, being significant oftentimes is different than, and it, I would say is completely different than what I think we're, uh, I wouldn't say taught, what the world around us tries to cultivate. Uh, and And I think that we have to guard ourselves against that, but we also have to be proactive and think about my goodness, there has never been a time in human history as there is now the opportunity that we have to reach people all over the world and pour into their lives by simply using, clicking a mouse, you know, and clicking this button or, or just speaking into a microphone. It's incredible to think about the impact that each of us can have if we were just to give it a shot, to put ourselves out there, to stand up and to have a voice and going back to grandpa grit, you know, that's the lesson I got from him is you have a voice, no matter how worthless you might feel, how undervalued you might feel. Heck, he even lost his voice, you know, physically, you still have a voice and the ability to make an impact in the lives of others. So what are you going to do with that? You know, you're either going to squander it or you embrace it. Absolutely. You talk about how important it is to hear the voice and to remember the voice and how technology this all comes about with technology and how it's evolved when i was a little girl one christmas my aunt who just recently passed away came down to the house with her two girls my cousins and my cousin was asking me a bunch of questions and the next thing i knew i heard my voice answering those questions. And it shocked me. And it's like, how did that happen? I had never heard of a tape recorder, but my cousin Pam actually got a tape recorder for Christmas. And so she was tape recording my voice. And I remember just thinking, wow, this is just the coolest thing. And when I think about technology and what, you know, your grandparents saw, what my mother has lived through, I mean, everything from food and appliances, microwaves, you know, computers. It is since World War II, technology has just absolutely exploded. And I think so many young people just don't understand how the world has transformed in the last 80 years. And it's, it's exciting and it can be intimidating. But like you said, use it for good. And I think everyone benefits. 
Yeah, I think you make a good point. The younger generations, and and I'm a I'm a millennial. I'm a, kind of an older millennial, and and so I'm in that generation where the internet just kind of came about when I was in um, uh, late elementary school, getting into middle school, and so I have that kind of one foot into you know pre-internet and one foot into the dawn of the internet. And I think it's really interesting to, to look, like you say, how, how technology has advanced in such a short, a brief amount of time, really. And what's incredible even to think about, you know, if I can think about the pandemic and, and if there is, you know, thinking about silver linings of it, though, you know, it's, it's almost difficult to think about that time and, and try to think about some some silver lining, but there is. And and really, I think one of the silver linings of the pandemic when it comes to our our culture and and what we we hold dear uh, in as families is we realized we really need each other. It's yes, we uh you know we have this technology which is fantastic when there's there are lockdowns, we can still communicate with each other, and it's so essential that we do for physical, mental. Uh, emotional health we need each other for that but also you know how might we now that we've been through that how might we leverage digital technology um, in a synergistic way uh, that prompts these sort of more in-person sort of interactions because it doesn't have to be one or the other uh, we can use them in in synergistic complementary ways uh, and we a bottom line is we realized, I think, that as a society, there are a lot of people who are being left behind, uh, and it's it can be devastating when we don't have that connection, you know, especially between um, our elders and, and youngers. One of the benefits that I see of the pandemic is the proliferation of long-distance grandparenting activities and and a, an attention paid to grandparents who do live long distance. I know like um, Carrie Bryn has, you know, that's been her focus for a long time and, and yours is, has been with technology. So that bridges that, that distance gap, but there's several apps that have come out too, where it doesn't matter if you're living in the same house or if you're living, you know, halfway around the world, these apps can help grandparents stay connected to their grandchildren in, in one way or the other. And I think the pandemic kind of showed us that if you can't be there physically, then the next best thing is to be there through the voice or through Zoom or however you connect. So I, I know yeah. with my grandkids, when I don't see them, I feel so lonely and I I miss them so much. And so even if it's just talking to them on the phone or seeing them on Zoom or recording a story and sending it to them, it does help me feel more connected to them. You're so right. And, and that's, uh, that is an amazing um, development, I would say, is there are more and more opportunities, more apps, uh, more ways to connect from a distance. And, you know, that's exactly what I was teaching uh, Grandma Grace back in 2008 was how to how to be uh, a long distance grandparent and and how do we leverage this this technology so that you can connect with your grandchildren who are on Facebook now and and also you know we did we also did one uh, I did a guide for it called texting for grannies which 
which was just, you know, get her on the, on the, the phone. But the, the thing is, you know, I think we're reaching this, we're kind of crossing this, this chasm from, from a, a kind of a technology standpoint where we're seeing, you know, there, there's still a lot of older adults, a lot of grandparents out there who are not embracing technology. And by the way, Granny Grit is one of those people. I see her, I get to see her every weekend and she is just not interested in technology. And, and you know what? That's okay. We, we still get our, our special time together. She's grandparents in her own way and she makes a big impact in the lives of her grandchildren. There are grandparents who are just getting on technology, who kind of need a, a little guidance and, and you know assistance and what to click where and how might I use this in, in a way that to get on board and start connecting. There's another segment of grandparents who are saying, okay, you know, I've been on Facebook for a long time. I've been on Instagram. I've started my own podcast or my blog and, and I'm into this thing. So now how, how do we use this as, as a way to really make an impact? And I think that, you know, Grandparents Academy, really the hope for Grandparents Academy and what I'm aiming to achieve with this is when someone goes to grandparentsacademy.com, there's something for every grandparent, whether, you know, whatever stage you're in, whether you're just starting and, and it's not just technology, it's, it's the whole looking at the whole grandparenting experience. You know, how do, how do we use this time that we have uh, during this stage of life to connect grandparents and their grandchildren to grow these meaningful relationships and rich legacies for, you know, long after you're gone? What does that look like when we, when we start to live intentionally in that way? Tell us about the Grandparent Academy that you launched on Grandparents Day. What was the, for, for the listeners who don't know about it, and I did, I did a promo for you and encouraged people to register and attend it. Tell us about those classes and tell us what you have planned for 2023. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for helping get the word out. We just, I decided this year to do something different. Uh, because I thought it was time. We're, we're coming out of the, the pandemic and it's, it's time for us to really gather together um, and, and serve grandparents. So I created a, a kind of an online conference called Grandparents Week. And Grandparents Week starts on Grandparents Day and it, it extends the whole weekend. Because I was thinking, you know, I was getting tired of when I talk, when I go to church or I go other places in the community. And I wish people happy Grandparents Day. And they're like, what is Grandparents Day? I never heard of this. And I think <laughs> it, just, it is so, it's so deflating because I think because I love grandparents so much and, and, and I've received so much from them. And I think that every, every grandparent should feel honored and, and, and should, have, should have the ability to have this relationship like I've experienced. So, so when I hear that grandparents don't even know there's a Grandparents Day, like this has got to change. And so I decided, okay, we're going to take grandparents state. We're going to make it grandparents week. So it's longer. There's more a chance people will hear about it and participate in it. And I invited some of the world's best experts onto grandparents week just to interview them for them to share their best stuff, their, their insights, their advice for grandparents in a variety of topics ranging uh, from long distance grandparenting to to creating a, a photo legacy, to uh, just grandparent alienation, what to do when when you you know the relationship is broken between 
um, your, you and, and your, your kids and, and you're estranged from your grandkids. Uh, we had all sorts of topics just ranging the gamut of the experience. And we had hundreds of grandparents all over the world who participated in this virtually. It was free uh, for the whole week. And then we did a special uh, a paid VIP pass that gives all access and, and they can keep the recordings. Um, so we had hundreds of grandparents all over participating. They absolutely loved it. We did a post-event survey. It was, I think the average was like 9.5 out of 10 for everything. It was incredible. And, and I think um, what's so uh, exciting about that is the next day I had grandparents writing me, how, how do I, how can I get notified for next year? So I created, you know, a pre-registration link and, and now I have grandparents already signing up for next year. And, and if you're interested in that, you can just go to grandparentsacademy.com and it's on the homepage. You can click on that so that you don't miss out when I announce it next year, but we're going to do it again. It's going to be in 2023. Uh, in the meantime, I have several other um, opportunities and, and events uh, kind of lined up and some guides I'm releasing at grandparentsacademy.com. So it's not, it's not going to be, my, it's not my full focus right now, but I can tell you it's going to be another amazing lineup of experts with a variety of topics. We're going to interview, we're going to provide that for free access. Um, and then we'll do something special as well for the VIPs. I will put the link in the show notes for for our listeners to be able to access that and to go ahead and register. Thank you. You have little children. How is their relationship with their grandparents? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would say, um, first of all, it, it's it's incredible being a parent and it is so cool. And I think that gives me... Um, a different perspective from when I started grandparentsacademy.com uh, when I didn't, when I wasn't married and I didn't have kids. And now I get to see as a parent, what does that look like when my kids interact with my parents and, and how, how do I, as a parent, you know, encourage that, that sort of connection. And, and I would say that um, Vic, Victoria is uh, the name of my daughter. And then I have an, another one that was just recently born uh, a couple uh, months ago, Elena, and they are just, uh, they, Vic, Victoria loves her grandparents. She talks about them all the time. Um, she just made something very, very special uh, for a grandparent. And I'm not going to reveal that uh, on the show because it's a surprise, <laughs> but uh, we, uh, yeah, it's, I would just say that she is very much, um, she's very much, interested in in her grandparents she talks about them she prays for them it's it's cool it's as a parent it's a, it's a whole new it's a whole new perspective and one of the things that really impressed me with you is the fact that you started this grandparents academy you weren't married and you didn't have kids and that's really a testament to how much you love your grandparents and the influence that they had on your life oh my goodness i it, as you could probably tell, I could talk about my grandparents for days and, and you're right. That's, you know, the first, whenever I reach out to people, it's really interesting because oftentimes the first question I get when someone talks to me is you created grandparentsacademy.com, but you're not a grandparent, you know, and, and, you know, I always, I don't always reply, but I always think, 
Yeah, but you know, I I am the product of some very amazing intentional grandparents. So I know what that relationship can be. And and I know people who also just love to pour in uh and, and really take on that mission of of helping grandparents develop that relationship. So definitely not not a grandparent yet. I hope to be one someday, but in the meantime, you know, the way that I serve is I think this perspective now being a parent, I think that's very helpful for grandparents just to understand, uh, you know, what are, what are the kids into these days? How to the best connect with them from any distance? Um, and then also uh, gathering uh, with, with grandparentsacademy.com. It's, it's about, you know, how do we bring the best, uh, most insightful, most just wonderful, caring people that I've met over the years how do we elevate their presence and get them connected with more grandparents? Because there are millions and millions of grandparents all over the world. And I just think about, you know, overall big picture, how this world could change if, if, more, uh, if more grandkids were able to connect more often and more meaningfully with their grandparents. Uh, I think it could make a world of difference. And, and we, we would not see uh, some of some of the things that that we're seeing going on today, they wouldn't be as severe. So that's the big mission, big picture is how do we connect these grandparents and their grandkids in a meaningful way? We can see them more often, and it extends beyond their childhood. You know, it goes in well into the adult years and beyond. You know, what does that look like, and how can GrandparentsAcademy.com be the solution uh, for just bringing together and and hosting this sort of experience. Well said, and I wish you success on that mission because I sometimes have this Pollyanna outlook about life, but I really believe that if we listened to grandparents more, that Mm. they might not have the academic letters behind their names, but there's a wisdom that they've garnered over the years that we really should not ignore. You're so right, Carolyn. And, and you, you can't Google that. I mean, you can Google <laughs> the world wisdom, but you're going to get all sorts of different results. But, you know, wisdom, true wisdom, this lived experience, um, the ability to to uh, really help guide a generation, help them walk a path that, you, that you've walked before and, and help them avoid some of the the potholes that perhaps in your own life you stepped into or you, you know someone who did. How can we teach our, our generations to to really embrace that sort of wisdom? And I think a lot of that comes with we have to get uh, more. We have to get connected and we have to be intentional in, in, in the time that we have uh, with each other. We've talked a lot about digital technology and I embrace technology. At the same time, there's this writer in me who always reverts back to pen and paper or the computer. And I'm one who advocates writing down memories. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out essay, but just a few words. There there was a conversation I had the other day about porta potties and that led into about outhouses. And we did not, my family, when I grew up, I didn't have indoor plumbing until I was about five years old, we lived on a farm and we had, we had an outhouse. And so that, (laughs) that just sparked this conversation about outhouses. And it's, 
like my my grandkids when they heard me talk about this are like you pooped outside (laughs) (laughs) like yeah "Yeah." (laughs) and they just couldn't (laughs) they just couldn't imagine you know they just didn't they knew what a porta potty was because we're at this festival but they just couldn't imagine that I didn't have plumbing in my house and that I had to go out to one of these things outside. <laughs> but it's little that. things like <laughs> but it's little things like that that if you just take 5 minutes and write down a memory and and then have it for the kids. I gave my I gave my grandkids last year book uh notebooks uh for Christmas and in it I had stories they were asking about their late grandfather. They were they're at the age where they're asking questions about him. And so I started writing these stories. And then throughout the year, I have been writing stories about him, about other relatives who are deceased or funny stories about, you know, their mom or their dad, you know, when they were little. And then also continuing to write about things like the outhouse when they're your age or when they're my age. They're going to have this notebook filled with these different stories that may not seem significant. And they certainly, you know, don't rank up there with national events, but it's my viewpoint on national events. So when 50 years from now, when I'm no longer around and I'm a memory, they can look back and say, oh, well, my grandmother did this and my grandmother thought that. And I think that's important. That's that personal history that will never be in a history book. It will never be in the Smithsonian Institute, but it's this family legacy. It's these family stories that help the children know their ancestors' thoughts about different events and different just everyday life that I think makes it so meaningful. And I'll tell you a story. I was helping this lady write her autobiography and it wasn't really an autobiography it was just stories like what I'm doing for my grandkids and we started talking about the steamboat and the steamboat would come down the river and they lived right on the river and as a little kid her job was to hang out the laundry and then bring it in when it was dry well if she was playing too much and didn't pay attention to it was dry and it was time to bring it home and she heard the steamboat coming down she had to stop whatever she was doing and run quickly to bring the laundry in because the steamboat, as the wheel turned, it sprayed water up into their property and got all of the clothes wet again. And so she knew that she would be in trouble if those clothes were wet. And it just struck me. It's like, no matter how much I've read about steamboats, never one time has anyone ever written that you had to get the laundry in so that the water, the, the droplets from the steamboat turning would get your laundry wet. And I thought how something that was so relatively insignificant was just a huge part of history that it never occurred to me was an issue. But for this child, for this family, when the steamboat went by, it would get the laundry wet. And I just was fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. I love that. What what a treasure that, that you're creating, and you're so right. There there's so many ways for 
for grandparents to to connect and, and grow these meaningful relationships and provide that perspective, that unique perspective that they're not going to find anywhere else. And and it's so important too, just uh, as our, our own individual identities to understand our family history and, and our heritage. Um, I, I haven't uh, talked a lot about this um, publicly, but um, I recently actually in my 30s discovered, uh, and this is a longer story, but I discovered that my my dad, who who raised me, is not my biological father, and I uh, went on this journey uh, to this to figure out, okay, so what does that side of the family look like of my? And I discovered who my biological father was, and I learned all this history about how they came to the United States and and how. Uh, how they homesteaded in Montana and, and the conditions that they met when when they had nothing and they were you know digging out a root cellar and to, to keep you know the goods preserved and and how they made money farming and, and were able to make it and uh, it's important for us especially uh, I think for generations the younger generations who are trying to find themselves they're coming to their own identity to understand where do they come from? Because we can draw, we can use that to draw inspiration and courage uh, in the times that we need it most. I, I know I certainly have when I think about when I'm going through something tough. I think about, you know, coming from this stock of, of homesteaders and, and having this grit and, and dedication. And I can, I can do this because, you know, my family have done this in the past and they, they've done more incredible things that I can't even imagine. And I think of, you know, funny story real quick, Carolyn, while I'm on this subject. So when I was living with my grandma, Grace, I came home one day and I was working. Um, I found this job as a campaign manager for a political campaign, which I was completely over my head. It was a state run race. I didn't, I did not take any political science classes in college. I just was able to get this job um, as, uh, you know, through my connections. I was a communication arts major. And uh, I was blessed for this opportunity, uh, which was a huge growth opportunity. Anyway, blogs came out during that time. And people were saying all sorts of things on blog. You didn't have to work for a paper or have a media company anymore. You can say whatever you wanted. And, and people would believe it on the internet. And so all these blogs were coming out against the candidate. I came home so frustrated. And grandma was was sitting on the couch and, and as I often do I went and sat next to her and she turned on the golden girls and we started watching together and and she asked me you know what was going on and I told her and she listened she was very patient very gracious as she always is and then she she started you know I, I asked her you know so what about like when you went through this stuff kind of stuff like this how did how did you deal with that and, and she told me you know it was my faith my faith got me through it and then she started telling me more about her history about having uh, cancer in their late 20s, back in the days when you know treatments uh, weren't what they are today, and then adopting four kids and, and raising them because she couldn't have children, and then um, you know going through life and and raising them up and and then caring for my grandpa when he had ALS and and doing all these things which uh, far uh, you know overshadowed when, when I think about it I internalize it you know dealing with someone writing something on a blog somewhere uh, had just does not even compare to some of the hardships 
and challenges that she faced and was able to get through. And when I hear that, uh, when, when done right, I mean, it's it's not one of those things back in my day, you know, there were 20 feet of school, uh, 20 feet of snow and we had to walk both ways. It's, it's not like that. But the way that she approached sharing that information with me made it more palatable in that moment for me to internalize that and, and to really find that inspiration that I continue to use to this day. So the way that you're sharing the stories, you're writing them down, um, you're, you're giving such a gift to your family and loved ones because now they can look back and they have some perspective in a world that's complete, uh, even more and more disconnected and disjointed or can be, we find identity through, through our family history. I think that's really important. If I didn't, I wouldn't be doing the podcast. I wouldn't be writing the book and I wouldn't be doing all of this if I didn't believe it was important. Yeah, it's it's incredible. You're doing great work, Carolyn. And it's such a it's such a joy uh, just to be invited on your podcast and and to be close to you know the top. When, once you hit a hundred, you're gonna I imagine you're gonna have a big celebration, right? <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm going to do right now, but I am open to suggestions. Let's talk a bit about alienated grandparents. I interact with grandparents who, for one reason or another, they're alienated from their children, so they don't get to see their grandchildren, which I think is one of the most heartbreaking things in the world is to not have that kind of relationship. And and I've had a couple of grandparents to write to me to say, you know, grandparenting isn't always fun and games. There's a lot of stress involved. There's trauma involved. And I try to be mindful of that with them too. And, I, and so I, that's why I try to have a balance on this program, on this podcast about, you know, helping all grandparents. And you're so right. And Grandparents Academy to has uh, hosted a, a forum for alienated grandparents for about five years now. Uh, we, we work closely with Alienated Grandparents Anonymous and some of the stories you hear in there, it's just, it, it's uh, it's so difficult. But I will say that there is hope. There is, there's always hope. I know we, we are putting together more and more resources at Grandparents Academy. We're actually going to do, this is the first time I'm announcing this, Carolyn. So you're the first to know. Uh-huh. We will be holding in February a reconciliation summit. And it's going to be an online summit uh, for alienated grandparents. We'll have experts. The top experts will be providing interviews, much like Grandparents Week, but just to uh, those grandparents who are going through this or are curious about it and want to know, you know more about what, how, how, do you, how do you proceed? How do you get through this? What a wonderful resource. Please keep me up to date with that. And I will make sure I announce that on the podcast. You bet. I know our time is up and I want to give you the opportunity to sum up your philosophy or advice or, or just what do you think is important for our listeners to know that either we haven't talked about or you want to reinforce? The relationship that you can have with each, with each and every grandchild is unique. Uh, my, my granny grid and I, we, we garden together and every year we make salsa and that's been our tradition and what I, what I love about salsa is it's a, a, a wonderful analogy or, or metaphor for this is, is thinking about all the ingredients that go into it when you make it. And each one of you who are listening to this can create your own unique legacy with, with each of your grandchildren. Uh, and, and, and there are different ways to do that. And grandparentsacademy.com is one of the many resources out there uh, where you can, you can really find what you need. You can find people who are passionate about this, about this relationship that you can have. And no matter where that 
where the relationship is today, it can be better tomorrow. And, you know, they, they say the best time to plant a tree is, is you know, 20 years ago, but the second best time is right now. So never give up hope. There are resources. This can be one of the best chapters of your life if you choose to move forward and, and just take a step. And we're here to come alongside with you. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest, or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.